the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight, I want to continue with the message I started way back there. This is the fifth one. Uh, God's miracle plan for us. I firmly believe that once you become a Christian, you are no longer ordinary. It's something that's different in your life, separate from the rest of the world. Because you are no longer just born into the world, just flesh and blood, but you also have been born from above, which is the, what the Bible refers to as being born again. And there is a big difference. You still look exactly the same, but you're different. In the mind of God, you're different. And in the mind of the angels, you're different. In the mind of demons, you're different. And in the mind of Satan and the way he sees you, you're different. I remember when I was a new Christian growing up in Africa, we have a lot of voodoo doctors. And uh, the voodoo doctors, they recognize them. They say, uh, what is that stuff that's uh, shining on your forehead, all of you, as you come to church? And we Christians are asking, what lights are you talking about? Because we can't see them. But they, I mean, we can see the light, but they can see it. That's why I lost my fear for voodoo doctors and witch doctors, because I recognize I have more power than they have. Because Jesus now lives in me. In fact, the way I look at it, when they operate in their coven and in their witchcraft stuff, they are working with just little demons. But the one who created all of the demons, the big gone. He lives inside of me. When they see me, they say, here comes trouble. Uh, especially when I'm ready for them. Amen? That's what God has made us. So we have been given by God a miracle plan. God delivered that to us through his son. And if we believe these things, it will work for us. It works if you believe. All that God is asking is for you to believe. I, said, I shared something in the prison last uh, Thursday that I've never really thought about. He just came to me while I was talking to them. It's important, and we need to understand this, because I've never really been able to put it together that way. But remember, why did Adam sin against God? Why? Was it the eating of the fruit, the tree, that was the problem? I think maybe, maybe so. But the real problem is they did not believe God completely. That's true. They changed their mind. Because the devil gave them another gospel. Another word. It's not according to what God said. He said. Because God knows and he gave them something different from what God told them. God said you will surely die. Satan says you will not surely die. But because God knows they didn't believe God anymore. They changed their mind about it because they refused to believe. And they acted on their unbelief. And here we are today. Jesus has also finished the whole work. Remember when Jesus was to go to the cross. After the Passover, I mean the communion they had, Passover meal. Where did he go? The garden. That's where it all started. 
Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. That was the garden where he surrendered his will to the Father, regardless of the outcome. Yeah. And now all we have to do is, he's finished the work to get back to where Adam was. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is believe. Just believe everything is done. It's just not the eating of the fruit that caused the problem. It's the fact that they didn't believe God anymore and they acted on that unbelief and it hurt them. And hurt us till today. It destroyed everything. Just one moment of unbelief and acting on unbelief. Destroyed everything. And I can tell you this. With the grace of God, just one act of faith can transform everything in your life. Just believe it and act on it and God will transform everything in your life if you can only believe. That's what Jesus told us. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. It's not works. It's believing because your faith leads to the work and the work is a good work. Don't out of faith and acceptable by God. So that's as simple as it is. Don't make the gospel too complicated. Keep the simplicity of it. You believe it, it happens. There is no miracle that God cannot do if we can only believe. We don't believe because we see that brother going through it and he looks like a holy man. He's going through it. And so we think, if the holy man is going through it, I'm not as holy. So, and if God will not do it for him, why should God do it for me? Well, I don't know the holy man. I know the book. I just, I stay with the book. There are a lot of opinions there. People have their own feelings and opinions. I try to stay with the book. And the way I live my life, by the grace of God, if you can show me from the word, I'll change my opinion. No argument. I don't, have it. I don't know everything. But if you can show me from the word and prove your point from the word and I see it clearly, I'll change. I don't know everything. But if you have your opinion, I'm not going to listen to that. It's not just going to work because God is not obligated to confirm your opinion. He'll only confirm what the word says. And if he confirms what I'm saying and what I'm doing, then I know I'm on the right path. Because the Bible says he walked with them, confirming the word that they spoke with what? Signs following. That's the way God is. When God endorses what is going on, what you're saying, he confirms his word. If he doesn't confirm the word, that's your word. That's not his word. He's not going to do it. Just to make you happy. He's just not going to do it. But I believe God has done so much for us. I don't think we will ever know all that God has made available for us. I'm sure if we know what Jesus has really accomplished for us, we'll never be sad at one day in a, sing, in a day. Never. Never. Because he gave us beautiful ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. And his mercies are new every morning. No matter what's going on in your life, you got a new mercy over that problem. You do. Hebrews 4, 16 says, well, let's, come. let's come to that place of grace, the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So when there is problem, there is mercy. 
And God says his mercies are new every single morning. New. New. If we can all, if God, if God would only help us to see the great work that Jesus has done for us, it will change the way we think about ourselves, will change the way we think about the church, will change the way we think about one another as believers, and the way we act towards one another, if we know what Jesus has done for us. Amen? That's just the truth. But... The scripture I wanna, I've been going by is what it tells us in, in uh, Psalm 103. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all of his benefits. Don't forget them. It's a command. Don't forget them. They are there for you, for your family, for your life. They are there for you. Don't forget them. Satan wants you to forget them. He wants you to think you are not entitled to them. But God says they are your benefits. And let God be true and every man a liar, including the way you feel. God is true. He tells us. He forgives all of your iniquities. All of them. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, the Bible tells us that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. If we walk in the light, that means as you, you are serving God, daily worshiping God, there are things that we do that we, don't, we are not even conscious. We are offensive, being offensive to some other person. But God is constantly making sure everything is cleared clean in your life so that you can have that open access to his throne because he tells you to come with boldness to his throne. Without guilt, without fear, no inferiority. You can come before the throne of the King of Kings and the King of the Universe and you got His absolute attention focused on you. No fear. He tells us He heals all our diseases. We read that and we say, that's nice. But I still feel the pain. So who is lying? I guess your body is lying. <laughs> because God cannot lie. That's the truth. If you can believe it, that's what he says. And we're going to be going back into that. Um, today, by the grace of God, I pray for the sick. I don't feel anything for the most part. I don't. That's just the truth. But uh, God has helped me just by understanding the scriptures. And there was a lot of opposition. Believe me. I started studying about healing early 80s. 1980s. Did I give my age away? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it is. But I had a lot of arguments, sometimes with good Christian people in church. They almost fight with me. They get very angry. What are you saying, Brother Goodluck? How can you believe that? They come at you and they want to make you let go of that. I refuse because that's the book says it. Don't have to do with how I feel. And sometimes you know, you look and you see something and you want to go back. I remember, you know, back, back when in, in, I was in college, and my, instruct, my Sunday school teacher, he'll go off that, you know, God allows uh, us to be sick sometimes to teach us a lesson. And I'll tell him in class, I don't want you saying that. And I was very strong. My roommate, <laughs> he loved me much. Once I started, he'll put his head, so he started again. <laughs> 
He started again. But I never quit. I remember talking to somebody who was preparing to go to preaching, to be a preacher. I said, you need to study this subject because everywhere Jesus went, he healed. You got to learn to do that if you want to be a preacher. And he turned to me, he says, have you healed anybody? He got me good. <laughs> he got me real good at that point. Because at that point, I had never done anything. I couldn't say a word to him anymore. I just kept quiet and let him be. But you can't ask me that question today. You cannot. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. He can do it without me and without you. He's just looking for that one person who will trust him and believe him and decide, I'm going to be a fool. Let them laugh at me. I'm going to do what he said and he'll come from it. And then the rest of the people say, whoa, he, 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 he has so much whatever they want to say about you. But it's not you. It's the word. He confirms the word with signs following. All I have to do is believe it. Everybody can do it. And I will come into that. Every Christian can. As you hear the word, you lose your fear. Because if you fear, fear has torment. And if you fear, you can have faith. And if you have fear, you act on your faith. That means you hesitate. And you won't do it. And God can see it. But if you have faith, you have no fear. You have no concern. You're trusting God. And you've got to get it that way. You know, it's just the way it works. And no one can take credit for it but God himself. Because you're just acting. God helps you to lose the fear. Sometime back, you know, we had a healing service. As I was walking in, there was a blind woman sitting at the very back. She told me, I'm blind. Uh, you know, whatever she says. Some of you will remember, I'm blind. And uh, I'm in service today. I came for my healing. And I told her, well, you'll see today. But I had no concern. I had to do the service. Because God was shielding you. You understand what I'm saying? He's the grace of God. You just don't have any concern. If you remember, I was praying and she was describing the color of my tie. If you were here. That's God. That's God himself. And everyone can do this. And I wish I had this from the scriptures. He heals all our diseases. He does, not some, all of them. Including the big C one. That makes our heart pound. I don't understand why some people don't get healed. But that's not my concern. Jesus said, don't concern yourself with that. You go preach the gospel. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you don't know he knows everything. I don't. But I know what he told me in the scriptures. And I stay with that. Many times, most, I mean, for Christians that I've discussed with, and I'm glad you're here, the greatest trouble is, is it God's will to heal everybody? That's usually the problem. And we can find so many people that God didn't heal, and that really disturbs us. What I let people know, don't, don't put Pastor Goodluck in scriptures and say, well, he spoke a lot about healing, and he was a man of God. A man of God. Okay? <laughs> and so, uh, Pastor Goodluck believed in healing. Now he was sick, and God didn't heal him. And he was a man of faith. 
And so because it didn't happen to Pastor Goodluck, uh, that scripture, you may be interpreting it wrong. Who is Pastor Goodluck? Compared to the word of God? That's insult. You don't know me very well, do you? You think you do. <laughs> and I'm not hiding anything. It's just open. My wife knows my family knows me well. But you can't equate the word of God with a man. That's, that's insult. You can't do that. Just because it didn't happen to me? No. You don't know if I was able to believe God. You have no idea. In that circumstance, you don't know the background. You know nothing about it. So don't judge God's word based on a man's experience. That's an insult. Don't ever do that. I made up my mind long ago I'd never do that. That's insult to the Even with my own life. No. Don't go there. Many times you've seen pastors out there, they, they are doing great things, and then the next thing you know, he was an alcoholic. Have you heard that? Yes. Nobody knows about it. You just don't do that. And then I'm saying, I'm doing anything sacred. Just don't make that mistake of equating God's word and putting that together with a man. I'm not saying they did anything wrong. Maybe there's nothing. But you don't know. He knows better. Let him deal with them. But stay with the word. Honor God's word. Because the Bible says God's word and God, they are one and the same. Stay with the word. That's all I'm trying to say tonight. Stay with the word. Because the word will never fail you. The word will not fail you. That's how important this is. So many times people wonder, is it God's will to heal everybody? How do we know whether it's God's will? If you have a question like that, and and you believe that uh, maybe it's not God's will to heal everybody, then every time people come up for prayer to be healed, you have to put your hand over their head, on their head or their body, and, and, and pray first. God, is it your will to heal this one? Or is it your will to save this one? And say, oh, brother, I'm sorry. It's not God's will to save you today. They may come back tomorrow. Because like I said, he bore your sickness on his body just as he bore your sin, Right? So if you're going to pray whether it's the will of God to heal this person today, why don't you pray the same prayer and say, God, is it your your will to save this person? And they're hearing you as you're saying that. And then you finally declare, we don't think it's God's will to save you today. You can go. Come try tomorrow. God will change his mind. And that's silliness. But it's the same thing with healing. We have that attitude that way. And we don't know how, it got, how we got there because we haven't been taught much about this. So Jesus tells us this in John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So he came down to do, right? He came down to do. Not just to speak, but to do. The will of him who sent him. If it's not God's will to heal everybody, Jesus must have been doing some things in error because most times he healed everybody. Yes? And what did he say? He declared himself, I came down from heaven to do my father's will. 
That's what he said. Every time he healed everybody. And we're not just talking about a few people. We're talking about multitudes. Everybody. And he himself declared it. The reason I came down from heaven is to do my father's will. So healing people is God's will. And healing everybody is God's will. We just don't preach it much in church. And sometimes when you preach it, people get offended. We don't want to hear that. I'm not sick. Why don't you preach the message? Well, you're not sick now. Like they say in my country, you don't believe in healing. You will believe when you need it. You try to believe then. When it's a problem, and sometimes at that time it's too late. Because there is nothing there. God always will take what you have and, and, and walk with it. That's what it is. All the way from the Old Testament. You need a miracle. What do you have? Just, just a bottle of oil in my... That's all you got? That's good enough. You want bread multiplying? Jesus said, what do you have? Give me those five loaves first. Until you deliver the loaves to him, you're, you're not getting any miracle. He says, rise, stand, and walk. You have to do something. You give him, stretch out your hand, and he stretched it out, he did something, and God completed it. It's the natural plus the supernatural. If you just think you are all the way supernatural, the way I see in church sometimes, the Christians act like they are all supernatural, and you don't work that way, you're still human. Put the two together. That's how it works. He came to do the Father's will. And Jesus truly demonstrated his Father's will. Many times he saw the multitude and the Bible says he had compassion for them. Does God have doing the compassion? And he said it in John, he said, what I see my Father do, that's what I do. He said, I'm not the one doing the works. He is the one doing the works. And he showed me greater works that he's doing, and I'll do those works. So basically, he saw his father healing the people, and he did it. And generally, he healed everybody. You can look at Roman, I mean, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. He healed everyone that came to him on that day. I'm going to read some scriptures here. In Luke uh, chapter 6, verse 19, he says, The whole multitude, now think about it, that's a lot of people. The whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed what? All of them. All of them. It didn't matter what they had. It didn't matter if their legs were broken. They had broken legs. It didn't matter what they had. Everybody was healed. Every single person. Until you have that idea, that concept in your mind and you accept it, because it's a real fight. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent ones take it by force. There are every element, everything in the world coming against you, telling you, God will not do this for you. You're different. God doesn't do it anymore. And all of those things, but you have to break through all of them and come to the place where you conclude, even if it doesn't happen to me, that's what I believe. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said it clearly, our God is able to deliver us from your fire. 
But even if he will not do it, we don't care. You've got to come to that place where you take on that attitude and you have nothing to prove to anybody whether they will look at you and think that you're sick and say, but he said it was, he, he believed in healing, but now he's sick. We're worried about that. So we are afraid to speak those words because we know everybody's watching. I don't care who watches. My life is not the example. Jesus is our example. Amen. And I'm trying to be just like him. If I fall, I'll get up and get strengthened even more. But that's what the church, we're afraid because everyone is watching. I'm not going to say I believe in healing because if I get sick, then they will start laughing at me. That's what we do. It's there. It's, it's in our subconscious mind. And God sees it. That's the seed of unbelief. And you'll never rise above it until you begin to put that away. And then when you get sick, then you're desperate. You want to pull all of it. He's not there. You don't have it. He's like a man who hasn't used his muscles for, for 50 years. Now he wants to lift 200 pounds. He's not going to be able to do it. That's in the natural. All these things have consequences. Every time you speak against that thing, you're speaking against your own life. Every time you say, oh, well, I don't believe that stuff. Guess what? It's recorded in heaven that you don't believe. That's what you said. It's recorded up there. Now the day you want to hurry up to believe. It doesn't work that way. It took Jesus three years. That's Jesus himself. Three years to get his disciples where he wanted them. Right? Three years. Of daily work. Daily teaching. Both through example and word. Three years. And these people were people that had that orientation. They were Jews. They knew. And they knew that was Messiah. That made a lot of difference. So they had to listen. But even with that, he took them three years. He takes a lot of time. Bury yourself in the Word. Because, like I said on Sunday, you know, plant your life on the rock. Because the wind is going to come. The rain is going to come. Everybody is going to experience it. What you do today in building your life on that rock is what's going to help you to stand when the day of trouble comes. That's what it is. That's what it is. In Matthew 12, verse 15, he says, But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him. And what did he do? Again, all. He healed them all. If you were sick and in that crowd, guess what? You go home well. And in those days, I used to think, oh Lord, I wish I was one of those people in that crowd. Don't laugh at me, you think like that too. <laughs> you want to be there. Because you know, if you're really sick and you're about to die, and you read, they read that to you, you start thinking, oh, I wish I was in Jesus' time, and I'll go to one of those meetings. But the Bible, Jesus said it's, we are in better time. We've got better times because he's no longer here. The Spirit of God is here. All we need to do is believe. If we believe, it works for us. It does work for us. We have to believe. And the reason we don't believe is not because of us. It's not taught. They don't, pastors, we don't talk about it very much here. I thank God for Pastor Andy. Pastor Andy was the one pushing me a few days back. He says, Pastor, you really need to teach on this healing stuff. 
And I said, okay. But uh, I talk about it. I pray for the sick. But it's not, not like what I'm doing now. Because this is important. He healed everyone. So if it, was, if it wasn't Jesus, God's will to heal, uh, the disciples, they got it good. I mean, when you read the scriptures, it used to really bother me when I was a new Christian. How come, and you still hear people say, saying it, how come we don't do the same thing that we, saw, that we see in the book of Acts? Has it ever bothered you? It bothered me. I mean, if, if you read, if you're going through the, gospel for the Gospels for the first time, you read about, it's just like one miracle after another. I mean, incredible things. And you're thinking, oh my goodness. If you've never read the book before, you're wondering, now Jesus is dead and now he's living. Whew, what's going to happen now? <laughs> and he's giving to these guys, these ones that have been arguing and fighting among themselves. Are they going to be able to carry on this work? And then you go into the book of Acts and you see exactly the same thing. As if Jesus was still there. In fact, we are told that Peter and John, they stood before the Sanhedrin and they they were going to be judged, judged and they knew that they were fishermen and they spoke with boldness and some of them said, yeah, that's that kid, that's me, that's that kid that used to walk with Jesus of Nazareth. And he said they took notice of him, that they had been with Jesus and they were seeing the works of Jesus in their lives. Amen? And I wonder... I'm a follower also, Jesus. Why don't I have the same thing? Is something wrong with me? Okay? Not you, but I, that's the way I used to think. What happened to me? And, and what happened to the rest of us? Why come? And I was begging God, please let me be in a place where I just see a blind eye open. God, that would be, that would be a real blessing. Not me praying just for my brother to pray for them. And he will be the man of God. And I just watched. Those, the hunger was so strong, I had to see these things. I really had to. Because she showed to me that God is not just a word. It, God is. And that's what we did in prison, Michael. Remember, we decided we're going to demonstrate to the prisoners that we're not just talking. That God is. So we prayed for their backs. One, two, they all got excited. Because Jesus is alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the word is there for us. Acts chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. So they brought the sick out in the streets. Now this was the disciples now, and Peter. They brought, they now recognize Jesus is gone, and these guys have taken his place. The book of Acts is an incredible book. That's the only book that doesn't end with the word, Amen. No conclusion. Because we are continuing the work. Amen? The amen will be when Jesus comes. That's the truth here. He says, so they, they brought, these are unbelievers, bringing the sick out into the streets. And they laid them on beds and couches. That at least the shadow of Peter, passing by, might fall on them. Did Jesus ever heal anybody with his shadow that you read? You can't read that. It's not there. Here was Peter doing it. The one that's so erratic. 
He speaks before he thinks. <laughs> and here his shadow. And they recognize Peter's shadow is healing people. And Peter was quick to tell them, uh-uh, it's not me, it's him. He's alive. He's back from the grave. The world wants to know that Jesus is back from the grave. And you are the one to let them know that. He's depending on us to do that. I wrote here, every believer can heal the sick. Every believer can heal the sick. I'm going to show you how in the scriptures Jesus did this. The first thing he did in Matthew chapter 10, and you can see the same thing in Luke chapter 9, he called his disciples, 12 of them, not all the multitude, just 12 of them. He called 12 of them, and the Bible tells us in, in Matthew chapter 10, in Luke chapter 9, that he gave them power and authority. He said, go preach the gospel. As you go, I'm giving you the authority and the power to heal the sick. He never sent them out at any time without telling them to heal the sick. That's the way the gospel is preached. And you know, the people said this one thing about Jesus. They said, we believe that he's the Messiah. John did no miracles. Remember that? They said John did no miracles. But everything John said about, that's John the Baptist, he did no miracles. But everything John has said about this man, it is. If, if, if the Messiah comes, they said, will he do greater miracles than this man has done? And Jesus himself said it very clearly. If you don't believe that I'm from the Father, believe me for the very work's sake, for the miracle's sake. We can't say something different in our time. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not here to say, well, I can pray for the sick. No, it's what the Bible tells us we can do. Every believer can heal the sick. He had 12 of them and he gave them authority and sent them out. When Jesus gives you authority, that's a law. It's a law. Once he said it to them, you go heal the sick and I'm giving you the authority, they go and do it. Nobody can stop it. No devil can stop it. Because it was a law given to them. That's why they went and they came back after the, seven, after the 12, guess what he did? He chose a greater number, 70. And then he gave them, you can read that in uh, Luke chapter 10 verse 9. He gave them authority again. As you go preaching two by two, he said, as you go, I've given you the power, heal the sick. Heal the sick. The word was as good as law. A spiritual law that will be obeyed, must be obeyed. As good as gravity. That's it. Because Jesus said it. He's the same God that spoke everything into being. Now he's telling you, you go do this, nothing's going to stop standing his way. The only thing that stops him is unbelief. Jesus went into Nazareth and he said he could not do many signs. You can read that. John chapter 6. He couldn't do many signs. Why? Because of their unbelief. And he said he was amazed at their unbelief. That's the only thing that stops him. Because we will not believe. From the 70, he went more than that. Then he picked 120, right? And gave them ultimate power. But then he told them, you go, everyone. Let me, let me go to this scripture. For every believer, 
Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 16, I know you all know, everyone knows this scripture, right? Mark chapter 16. And these signs will follow those who believe. How many believers do we have here? Let me see your hand up. You truly believe or you're lying to yourself. Let me see your hand. Wave it to me. A dog, I don't see your hand too much there, but put your hand up. Every believer. These signs follow those who believe, right? In Nigeria, we used to use the term uh, unbelieving believers. <laughs> unbelieving believers. They are believers, but they are also unbelieving. I don't know how you can put that together. These signs follow those who believe. And you are believers. So the signs must follow you, right? You don't follow the signs. The signs follow you. It's law. Everywhere you go, they follow you. The Bible tells us, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his... Well, what about these signs that are following you? Why don't you pay attention to them? They're following you. Many times I'm thinking, if the signs were like humans or angels following you around, they're wondering, we've been following this fellow for 30 years. He's never asked us to do anything. Okay? God, why you keep telling us to follow him? Look. Oh, Lord. Can you assign me to this other fellow? At least we can do some little work. We've been with him for 30 years. I don't know, God, I know you love him, but we just don't understand this. That's the way we are. The children of this world, and the Bible says, are in their generation wiser than the children of light. That's what Jesus said. The children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Because we don't get it. We don't know the authority that we've been, we've been given. They understand it. These signs follow them that believe. It says, in my name, they shall what? Cast out devils. Did it say, in my name, and if they are pastors, they will cast out devils? Or if they are fasted seven weeks, they will cast out devils? It's a sign that follows the believer. As simple as that. It follows us, you and I. I'm not better than you. We're all in the same thing. You are a believer and I'm a believer. He's our heavenly father. If I can do it because I'm a believer, you can do it because you are a believer. You just haven't tried. Or you're afraid to try. Or you're worried that if you try, if nothing happens, people will mock you. That's the difference. Why don't you try it? Just try it and see. Because the love is there. These signs follow them that believe. They cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. <laughs> That's another place of fight. When you say new tongues. What do you mean? New tongues. Will it make us speak Nigerian? There's no language like that. New tongues. That's super. Everything that Jesus said will follow you is supernatural. Right? Everything is supernatural. So new tongues is also supernatural. I pray in tongues a lot more than I pray in English. Because I say in the word, it's very clear. When you pray in tongues, you step out of the natural into the supernatural. I prefer there because I think I can get more there when I step out of this. I don't argue about it. If that's not what you want, you're still a believer. You're going to heaven. But most of the time, I believe that it's going to be hard for God to download spiritual things to you 
because you don't communicate with him in that level. That's just the way I look at it. But he tells us here, it's not a big deal. If you're a believer, you can speak in tongues. You don't have to have somebody pray for you. If you're a believer, just speak. And God confirms his word with signs following. And he says, they will take up serpents. And please don't go look for snakes. And, <laughs> and if they drink anything deadly, it will, not, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. They lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. They lay hands on the sick, and pray a storm. Is that what it says? Yell and scream, like I do sometimes. <laughs> I like yelling, you know. It makes you feel like you're really doing something. <laughs> but the master said, because I'm a believer, you lay hands on the sick, and what will happen? The sick will recover. It's a law. That's given to us by God. Have you tried it? Why don't you try it? You lay your hands. Don't even say a word. So everybody knows it's not you. It's him. That's just the way it is. We pray, but sometimes I don't want to pray because I can tell God saying, don't say a word. Just put your hand on this person. And then after that, I say, move the leg now. And they're shocked because the pain is gone. Has nothing to do with me, has to do with God. Because it's clear, you are a believer. That's why I said, if you are a Christian, you are not ordinary. There's something in you, greater is the, the one that who is in you than the one that is out, out in the world. God is in you. Jesus said, I believe that's in uh, John, uh, John chapter 14, verse 20. He says, In that day you will know that I am in you, and you in me. And he said, the Father, you are like one with the Father. You represent Him. He's no longer here. Your hand, they are His hands. You carry Him to them. And as you lay your hands on them, He heals them. He heals them. You know, I saw, if you read in the scriptures, there was a man that was brought, brought to Jesus. He was blind. And you will recognize this scripture. And Jesus laid His hands on him. Not a word said. And he said, now look. The guy looked and said, well, I see men like trees, walking like trees. Remember that? And then he laid his hands back again, said no word, and said, now look. And the guy said, I see plainly. But that's that scripture there. He gave gave that over to us. And he didn't say, pastors who believe, when they lay their hands on the sick, then they will recover. That's not what it says. Many times when I've prayed with people, they'll say your hand burns. Your hand burns like fire. You feel nothing. My wife tells me every time, because sometimes she says, put your hand on me, and I'll do that. And she says, it feels really good. It's not when I'm feeling faith that it's going to work right. <laughs> he just says, if you're a believer, if you lay your hands... It works every time. I don't have to fast to get that done. He didn't say if you believe and fast for 40 days, 
then that's when it's going to happen. That's all in your head. Just believe the word and act on the word. Many of us haven't tried. Many of us haven't tried. Try. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say if you're you're a believer and you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Did he say that there? Well, you get filled with the Holy Spirit, God will do it even better. But there is no... There is, it just says believe. These signs follow them that believe. I'm going to end with this. This is funny. Um, I was in Nigeria. I would never say this to any believer, any Christian. Please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. Uh, I'm not saying if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you are not a Christian. But I was, uh, I was, about, I was in my country, and it was Sunday morning, and uh, the Nigerians, they go to church late. That's an African tradition, okay? We, we do that. And we enjoy doing that. I mean, I'm sorry, that's the way it is. Betty, please don't talk to me about it. We're all there. <laughs> you know, that's our way, okay? But uh, you Americans, excuse me, no offense, you've rubbed off on me real good. <laughs> so I don't do that. I just have to be there on time. And I was in a hurry to get to church, and all of a sudden, uh, two Jehovah's Witnesses. My family members, you know, they, they like to see me argue with uh, people and pulling out scriptures and all of that. They, they, lo- they love to see it. And my younger brother said, Brother, there are two people wanting to preach to you. And then he knows they are not going to preach to me. Two Jehovah's Witnesses wanting to preach to you. And I said, Oh God, I don't want to be nasty to these guys, but I'm getting really late to church. God, please help me. How am I going to deal with them now? And I don't want to be rude to them. And my, bro- my brother was insistent. Not one of those that came. <laughs> he says, brother, come out. In Nigeria, he won't call me by my name because he's much younger. I'm brother. That's it. And he says, come, they're waiting for you. So I came out. There was this guy and this, um, his disciple. They go out two by two. One is the real experienced one. And he's leading the other one in, his, in the way of Jehovah's Witness, okay? And I said, God, now please help me. How do I, I answer them to cut this thing short? And God gave me an idea, quick. And so I went, I said, morning, friends, what, what, what can I, how can I help you? Uh, the American way, how can I help you? <laughs> and they said, uh, we want to preach to you about God. And I said to them, how can you preach to me about becoming a Christian when you guys are not even Christians? They looked at me like, they both looked at one another like, we're not? I said, yeah, you're not. You're not Christians. You can't tell me something you don't have. They were looking at me real strange. And, you know, they have their Bible. And I know certain parts of the Bible, they have, they've changed it. But there are other parts that they haven't changed is King James. So I pulled their back and said, hey, I'll show both of you. You can see the young disciple. He was like, you're talking to my mentor this way and us. So I said, give me your Bible. And he gave me the Bible and I turned to that scripture. I said, the Bible Jesus speaking. You agree? They said, yes. He said, these signs follow them that believe. What does that mean? They looked at me. That says, this is how you recognize those who believe. And they both agreed, yes, this is how you recognize those who believe. And I said, he says, and those who believe in in me will cast out devils. And I asked them, have you cast out any devil? They said, no. I said, didn't I tell you you're not Christians? 
They're not. Ask my brothers. I cast out devils all the time here. And then uh, I went to the next one. They shall speak with new tongues. I said, have you ever spoken in tongues? And they looked at me. No. I said, see, you're not Christians. Ask my brothers. I speak in tongues with God. <laughs> I can do it right now if you want to hear it. Kind of, I don't remember everything I was saying to them. Then I went down. Have you laid your hands on the sick and they recover? They went, no, 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 all to the end. And I said, I told you guys you are not Christians. You guys are deceived. You're really deceived. This is not me speaking. Jesus said that. You're not. You don't even have one of them in your life. Not a single one. So how can you tell me to become a Christian when there's none of these things in your life? This is what Jesus said. These signs follow those who believe. And none of them follow you. And if they don't follow you, you're not one of them. And I beg them, please, that Jehovah's Witness stuff you are in, that's a cult. I told them. That's a cult. Save your lives. Get out of that place. You could see, I figured, the disciple, he had a big smile on his face. I knew they lost him. He was not happy with it. Because his mentor couldn't answer that. And I begged them, I need to go to church. I, I, I send them leaving. And I prayed, may God help you guys. You guys are so lost, so deceived. Get out of that place. I know about Jehovah's Witness. In America, they call it a cult. That's what I told them. And then I dismissed them. Now, I'm not saying that if you don't speak in tongues, you're not a Christian. I didn't say that. But what these Jehovah's Witnesses, I got them good. And I was happy about it. Okay? <laughs> I was happy about it. Amen? We can all can do this. Please stand up with me tonight. Try it. Because until you do it, by faith, you will never start this journey. You have to try it. And don't fear if it doesn't work. Try again. There was one John Wimber. I believe Andy know about him. And God used him. He preached so much on it. But because of his background, they thought so much against it, I think, before he became that kind of a person. And he never saw anything. And the last time uh, he prayed for somebody, turned around to start explaining why he thought God didn't do it. And the woman was dying. All of a sudden, that woman got off bed and she was all over the place. That was the beginning of his ministry. Went all over the world. Because he wouldn't quit praying for people who were sick. And after that, it's all history. A, a new denomination came out of that man's ministry. That's one thing. Just one thing. You never could. You can never tell what God can use. I say this to you because I don't know what God wants to do with your life. And it's never too late. You're never too old or too young. Chambach didn't start until much later. But look at his impact around the world. Don't ever say no. Go out and do something and see what God will do. Amen? That's all for this. I got nothing to prove, but I got to give you what God gave to me. But you do it. Do it. Every one of us can. Every one of us can. Try it and watch what God will do. 
Would you thank God tonight for opening your eyes to see the scriptures? Because I believe he did. I have faith that God helped you to see. And once you've seen it and you've heard it, believe me, it's the word of faith that we preach. There's faith in you right now. There's faith in you. And all you need to do is go out, look for the opportunities, and the Holy Spirit will show you and say, don't say anything. Why don't you lay your hands on them and pray? And they'll tell you what has happened. But from that day, they look at you differently. They know there's something different about you. And they'll respect you. Then they start looking for your God. Amen? That's what this is all about. Not to prove I can heal, I can do this. No. These things are there for us. Amen? They're there for us. Would you lift your hands up tonight before our God and, and just thank Him for all these great and precious promises that He has given to us as Christians. That we are not mere men like Paul said. We're not just ordinary. We are believers. Every one of us. Every one of us are believers. And every one of us can do this. You don't need pastor. You pray for that person. And let God use you. Then come and tell us what God is doing through you. And we'll rejoice together in our God. Amen. Father, we thank you for your great and precious promises. We believe these promises and we'll act on them because you never fail us. Lord, I pray for your children today. I know that you have deposited things in them that they are not even aware of, including myself. There are things that you have placed in us that we don't even know. But God, I pray that you will give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so we know the hope of our calling. Yes, truly a hope to our calling. Help us to lose the fear. Help us not to be embarrassed by it, by what we do, what, how we act on your word. Thank you, Father. Give us that boldness that we need to act on your word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I just felt like saying this also. I do that. Lay hands on your own self. Do that. Lay hands on yourself. By faith. 